Hey, this is Ashlyn, former co-host of the Top 10 Recovery Podcast, The Betrayed, The Addicted, and The Expert. I have had my challenges, but I am also living proof that joy is possible, even when life does not go as planned. Every day I get to help women rise and find their own healing despite their circumstances. I'm excited to share with you real examples of living a life full of adventure, true healing, and freedom, no matter how messy life gets each episode, I will introduce you to someone I love and respect to talk about ways to be the buffalo and to face your storms in different areas of life. If you're looking for just betrayal topics, catch me on my former podcast where there are four years of golden content, all for free at your fingertips. All right, let's do this. All right, this is information that every man and woman, boy and girl, needs Uh to know. We're talking about cyclical living, (laughs) cyclical living with April Davis. And if you don't know what that means, please keep listening. Um, Okay. April Davis is a compelling speaker, creative consultant, visual artist, and wordsmith. April has been featured in magazines, on podcasts, on stage, sharing her wisdom, humor, and knowledge as a creator of the Vagina Blog and the Vagina Blog Podcast. Her passion and drive have created an entire community around female body health as she empowers women and vagina owners to love themselves fully while focusing on bringing light to taboo topics that we just don't talk enough about like sex and periods along with self-love and positivity. You can find her at the vagina blog and I'll put all of her information in the show notes, but here's the deal. April's been on this podcast before she's been on my former podcast before she's been at my retreat, uh, talking about periods, cyclical living and sex. And it's interesting to me, April, because uh, nobody was like, oh, I got to make it to that part of the retreat. Right. But Uh who didn't want to leave that part of the retreat? Like every single woman and no Mm -hmm. matter what stage they were in, they were all mind blown at some point in, in your delivery. And just so you know, my mom is 72, I think. And she was there. She does not have a a period anymore. And she graduated. (laughs) She's graduated. She still was learning and had no idea, but she also was like, had I known these things while I was younger, I think my marriage could have been different Uh and, and her life could have been different. And so all these things. So she also loved you. She said, she is so good at what she does. So um, she was such a, I loved her energy. Like I love the energy she brought into that room. I feel like We do not value crone energy enough. Mm. Women that have graduated and are beyond this. And I love it. I'm into it. Yeah. Um, And I I want men to be listening to this too. So if you have a partner or you have young boys, grab them and have them come and listen because there is, there was a time when this was so taboo to even talk about and yet here we are and we're trying to bring light to these things. Uh, I have to share my boyfriend who was at the retreat uh, and he was a part of listening to this and he loved it. He said when he was growing up, (laughs) he's cute. Um, He was growing up. He was not taught anything about how a woman's body worked. Right. And here he was watching over his siblings as the oldest child. And when his sister started her period for the first time, he was terrified and he Uh grabbed her little underwear and ran next door to his auntie's house. And like, I don't know. I think she's dying. I had no idea what to do. And guess what? She didn't either. And so times are hopefully a bit different for us all. Um, but I just want to like, I want April to just do her thing because April is so good at this. (laughs) (laughs) Well, and I, I think it's such a disservice. We, and I, I'm not even sure where this originated, this idea that we, that boys and men don't need to have this information or need to know anything about it. And that people that menstruate, like women and and girls, like children, that this is somehow too much for them. So we just shouldn't tell them. And when we do tell them, we're going to tell them the extreme bare minimums. I I do not understand this mentality. It is not protective. 
Like it is so much more protective for your children to explain everything to them. Um, one thing I love when I'm talking about how important it is to educate children, they have found that um, if someone is grooming your child, one of the first things that they're going to try to figure out is whether or not your child has someone in their life that they can trust, that they can explain what could potentially be happening to them. Mm-hmm. Meaning they're going to see if your kid knows the names of their private parts and how to explain where they are and that someone has been touching them inappropriately or things like this. So if your child has all the vocabulary and understanding of their own bodies, mm-hmm. They're going to be much less likely to be molested because someone in the beginning process of grooming someone, they're, they're really going to be trying to assess for that. So you're protecting your children by telling them about their body using the proper anatomical terms and really signaling out to everyone else that like my kid has no problem coming home and saying someone touched my vagina or my vulva, or, you know, like they know what those parts are. So I just want to put a plug in for like, it's so important to talk about this stuff. Secondly, chances are, if you think you're protecting your son, your son's probably going to get married one day and he might marry a woman and he might marry a woman that menstruates. And it was so funny. One of my friends was like, my husband legit thought that I was dying. He was like, there is no way that that much blood could possibly be coming out of you and that you're okay. And she was like, I literally do this once a month. This is not an unusual amount. I am fine. Yes, it is like wild that this is what our bodies do, but like, this is not unusual. And he just was so shocked, scared, worried. Same response as your boyfriend to like his sister, just like, there's no way this is okay. And it's so tricky, right? We're up against biology. Biology is telling us like blood means injury, bad, Mm -hmm. scary, but as menstruators and as women, we really have to like grow accustomed to dealing with that. That's kind mm-hmm. of part of our lives. And so I feel like the more we talk about that, the more we normalize these things, the more we normalize being able to talk to each other about it, the more empowered we are. I love it. And it's true. And these were discussions I never had growing yeah. up with girlfriends. I hit it. I was like ashamed when I got my period. Yeah. And um, so even just knowing the tricks the mm-hmm. secret, like, I love that about your Instagram because you're sharing like, Hey, this is what I like. This is what's mm-hmm. worked for me. This one, nah, nah, nah. Uh, mm-hmm. just having the discussion, there's more, wait, there's more than just a pad or a tampon yeah. or there's yeah. underwear, there's discs, yeah. there's cups, there's all these different options. Yeah. I wouldn't know about if people weren't willing to open the dialogue. Yes. And I'm thrilled for this next generation. I feel like they're so interested in this information. I taught a class when I was in school um, in my political science class. We were discussing the different countries and whether or not they were living more on the feminine hormone cycle or living more on the male hormone cycle. Because these are two very different hormone cycles, right? And you can look at a country and really very clearly kind of see which way they kind of sway Mm. based on what does their uh, maternal health care look like? What does postpartum care look like for them? Um, what kind of, what, what are expectations at work? What kind of vacation time do they include? Is work project-based or is it simply like hourly work? Like all of these things are great depending on which hormone cycle you're on. So here in the US, we're on the male hormone cycle. We're very patriarchal. I think we were like third or fourth in the, the world mm-hmm. for patriarchal countries. And living very much in our masculine, which makes complete sense. We're obsessed with productivity. Yes. Right. We're obsessed with doing, we're obsessed with producing. We um, really love nine to five. We love rigid schedules. We, all of these things, all of these cater beautifully to a male hormone cycle. They work really well with this. Right. (laughs) So as we're talking about this, I, I talked about the different hormone cycles and the female hormone cycle. I was getting more questions from all of these college age young men than I even was from the young women. They were so curious. They didn't know anything about this. They all wanted to know so much more. Um, And it was just so exciting because I just, the kids are all right. (laughs) No, these, the the college kids that are coming up right now in their their early twenties, they want to know, they want to be educated. They want to do things the right way. And I love that for them. It's so different than even 20 years ago when I was in school the first time and all of this was still, ew, icky. Ew, yes. (laughs) Well, it's funny because right before we started this podcast, my uh, 15-year-old said, mom, 
are you, are you on your period right now? And I said, no. And she was like, oh, why aren't we synced up anymore? And it was just cute. Like I 0% asked my mom or my sister oh. or oh, yeah. kept track of yeah. anything. And so to see my kids have their cycle tracking on their phones and they're mm-hmm. making notes and they're trying to plan ahead. And sometimes it's yes. still out of whack when they're young, but yeah. just, I didn't start tracking until I was 38 years old. I didn't even yep. know that was like a thing and to, and to understand my body enough and that, okay, April, this is so dumb, but it's not dumb. It was a little no, bit of my it's awakening. Not, it's not dumb. It's literally how we were all raised. It was. But I, uh, when I journal, it's often I journal as a tool to help me move through emotions and figure out really what I'm thinking and what I need and kind of what's wrapped up in my fears. Okay. Well, yeah. I started to see this cycle. <laughs> I'm only using my journal once a month. I was, it's so stupid. <laughs> But that's when I was like, oh, okay, this is a hormonal response. And I'm a big believer, and I don't know where you are at with this, but I believe, so my emotions definitely are heightened during one day of the month. And it's not even during my period. It's before my period. Um, Luteal phase. So it is, and I want you to describe it as what you do because I love it. But I, the emotions that come up, I can handle the rest of the month. Like they're not big deals. And when behavior kind of, it looks familiar to those things. I'm like, I got this, like not a big deal, but that day of the month, if the behavior comes out in other people, I am like, I, I have zero space. I can't handle this. Yeah, It's zero. And so it's not like I used to think like, Oh, it's stupid, my period. And it's making me crazy. And I don't believe that. I believe that it's just bringing up things that I already have felt. It's just, I don't have the capacity during that time to actually process and deal with them in a healthier way. So what, what is, go ahead. No, let's dive into this. Let's talk about the menstrual cycle. Let's talk about cyclical living. So when I say cyclical living, um, this is a foreign concept for a lot of people. Uh, we also, because we've been raised in such a patriarchal society, oftentimes you're like, that's stupid. That sounds like too much. That's a stupid thing to do. I'm just going to keep plowing away and being completely miserable and ignoring and suppressing this. And it's really hard to watch because I feel like our generation especially was really sold on. You don't have to have a menstrual cycle. Just take every single day, like a good girl would. And then you just don't have to deal with this. And we don't know why no one can get pregnant anymore. That's weird. <laughs> that was me, by the way. I took birth control one year. The first year I was married, I could not have kids for eight years. Yeah. Can't, they don't understand why the fertility rates are so there. It's so weird. Such a strange phenomenon <laughs> happening. I don't, it doesn't make any sense. They don't know why, like they're, they're starting kids at like 13 on birth control. And they don't mm-hmm. know why none of their sexual organs have developed past 13 even though they've been shut down for the last 20 years, they're on birth control before they decide they want to conceive a child and can't. And that's what's so aggravating is now we're seeing people wanting to have kids in their thirties, right? Maybe a little bit later in life than they used to. So we have people on birth control for decades mm-hmm. and then they want to go have kids. It's the first time they've ever even heard of tracking their cycle before in their life, which is so humbling. Cause once again, when you're in your thirties, you're like, I should have yeah. been doing this, but no one, no one taught me. No. And so it's really devastating and it's devastating. It's hard to watch this, this heartbreaking stuff happening to our generation because our doctors who we were told to trust sold us on this. It, it kills me. And here's the thing. Birth control absolutely has its place, right? I've used IUDs. I'm a huge fan of IUDs. If you want to be on birth control, I know there are people who are like, this pill works great for me and I take it and I'm fine with it for right now. I'm not against birth control. It absolutely has its place. So I I don't want people to misunderstand that. But when you get on birth control, you need to have informed consent. And that's what we're missing. Mm. Doctors are not sitting their patients down and saying, we're shutting off your entire hormone cycle to treat your acne. Yeah. 
That's definitely that something I never understood. Yes. No, no. People, and it makes me angry when they designed birth control, they did it on purpose because they wanted Catholics to be able to still look like they had a period. And it's literally that, like it was very religion focused because they're like, how can we give this to unmarried women in a way that they won't get in trouble because it will still look like they're bleeding once a month. So the bleeding that you go through in birth control is not your period. It's a withdrawal from the drug you're on. That's all. It's just breakthrough bleeding. And then you just go right back to not cycling. And so it's hard because you don't have these hormone cycles to work with, which also makes you a more productive human in a capitalist mm. society in their eyes too, right? Okay. So if we just remove the hormone cycle, you can just plow through and ignore whatever side effects you're having. Mm. And it's not our fault that you can't have kids. And actually we have a lot of drugs we can give you then too and sell you. <laughs> oh my goodness. And the whole thing is such a nightmare. Yeah. heart. And it's, it's this lack of information. We don't get taught this at school. So it's not like you, we get education around this. And once again, if you can't trust your doctor, who can you trust? Mm -hmm. That's Mm -hmm. what's so aggravating as I'm like, I shouldn't have to do all this research on my own. We shouldn't. And so to me, it is looking at women like you who are educating and saying, Hey, there's something, there's a different way we can do this. And so, um, where do we even start? Yeah. So that's, that's, yeah. I mean, <laughs> I'm getting there <laughs> so much on this, right? There really and, is. I don't even want to necessarily, I don't want to bad mouth the medical establishment either. Cause aren't we so grateful for modern medicine and all sure. the other ways? I mean, that's what's so aggravating about all of this. I'm like, not everything is bad and not everything is good. And you yeah. got to figure out what works best for your body and lifestyle. And that's going to be different for literally every single person. Yeah. You know, so All of that being said, in our little patriarchal society that we live in, we really have normalized, like, just plow through, just ignore it, just suppress, shove a tampon in there. Don't pay any attention to the amount of blood that you're bleeding. Don't look at it. Don't touch it. Don't get it on your hands. Ew, messy. Ew, gross. Ew, 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 ew. There's just been icky, 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 icky all the way around it. So it's been an uphill battle being like, guess what guys, we bleed once a month and there's actually totally nothing wrong with it. And your blood is just as icky as any other bodily substance that comes out of you. If you have no problem touching your own tears, your own saliva, your own, then your blood, your vaginal discharge, stuff like that really shouldn't bother you. You're a hand wash away from being totally fine. Okay. I just, can I just, it's not just women who have that belief. It's the oh, men yeah. too, because oh, everybody. when we do the sex chats, there's so many asking, are you having sex during your period? Because my partner thinks it's disgusting and it just breaks my heart because what you're just saying, it's just another bodily fluid and it makes, it creates this discomfort within a woman's body. Like something's wrong with me because he doesn't even want me. Yep. Like I must be off limits during this time because I'm picky. Well, and what makes me so angry is that generations ago, I mean, you look at, um, older civilizations, they had deep respect for menstruating women and menstruators in general. They really, that was a time of heightened wisdom. Mm -hmm. This was a time to step away from household responsibilities and rest, get intuitive. Like there was so much respect for that. And our society took that and ran with, well, they were unclean. So they banished them. Yeah. That's not true. Like, that's not at all how that went down. That's what we've turned it into. And mm-hmm. it is so sad to me that like, we took something so beautiful and sacred and special and turned it into ew, gross. I, I get so angry about this. And so anyway, <laughs> <laughs> Keep going. I love it. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm like, there's so much background to this. There <laughs> is. Spot, right. Um, I love teaching this. So I, I go to a business conference every single year and I teach this class to business owners. And it is so fun to watch them bristle because so many of them have been living in their masculine energy for so long that they're like, okay, I like what you're saying. And I'm all for the female <laughs> empowerment stuff, but what do you mean respect my body and take care of myself? Yeah. Like I have <laughs> to work. What are you talking about? So, um, I just have to say with that in regard, when I did start tracking and recognize that I did feel different during certain times of the month, I started planning vacations differently. I started planning recording content and 
uh, I used to be partnered with all men uh, in business. <laughs> that sounded no, you know what I yeah. mean. Yeah. Um, so we're I'm working with all men, and we were recording my Beyond Betrayal course, and they're like, "Okay, hey, we're going to record this Friday. Da, 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 be here." And it's an all day thing. And I was nervous because I wasn't sure how they were going to respond, but I was just super honest. I cannot record right now. I need to wait a week or two weeks because right now I am on my period and I don't feel like myself and I don't want to record like that. I want to be in my best self. They were awesome. They were like, oh, no problem at all. We'll just schedule it uh, around that. Like, Yes. Thank you, men, for understanding and and being so willing. There is a huge leap of trust that you have to take when you make the decision to live on your hormone cycle instead of living on the the male, the default, very, very male-centric hormone cycle, right? And it it's hard. It's a big leap initially. It feels very scary to trust your body because everything around us, including even our own doctors, oftentimes are saying, don't trust your body, ignore it and suppress it. Your Mm -hmm. body is just the broken version of the male body. So Mm -hmm. sorry about that. That's really how Western medicine has approached female healthcare since the beginning. We were included in medical trials until 1993. They did not find the full anatomy of the clitoris until 2005. Which is so crazy. started in 2019, including the clitoris and anatomy textbooks. So all those doctors doing labiaplasties, there were Tauruses in their medical textbooks when they were studying how to chop off your labia. Oh, wow. Yeah. Do you really want those guys operating <laughs> on you? It's so bad. So like, this is our history here, right? As Western mm-hmm. women, this is what we're dealing with. It is no surprise that we're in the current state that we are, where we're now killing more people in childbirth than they were in 1965. Wow. <laughs> Ugh, the realities, the realities. Yeah. So angry. Anyway, yeah. let's go to, let's go to way more fun topics. Let's talk about <laughs> how to live cyclically. I just, it's hard. Cause I always want to lay some of this foundation because this is our reality. I don't feel like we're affronted with this reality all at once. Oftentimes mm-hmm. when you add all of this up, it starts to make more sense why we're where we are and why it's so difficult for people to acknowledge that like, Oh, we are different and that's actually totally okay and a good thing. Yeah. And I always have to be careful. And I talked about this in the class that I taught with you too. This is in no way to slam men mm-hmm. or masculinity or any of that stuff. I believe very strongly in the divine feminine. And I also feel very strongly in divine masculine, Yeah, but it's also okay to be like, there's two different hormone cycles at play here. Yeah. <laughs> it's okay to live on yours instead of theirs. So, okay. Let's tell us, tell them what that is. So, and you guys are all familiar with this. The first phase of your menstrual cycle is menstruation. This is when we're actively bleeding. Oftentimes when I say menstrual cycle, people only think that I'm talking about the week of bleeding that is their period. They did not, don't realize that like there's an entire cycle that goes along with this, right? That was me. Thousand percent. Yes. That's, that's everybody. Cause that's, I mean, they barely cover that in school when you do maturation mm-hmm. and it's even, that's very brief and not well explained. So you have your menstrual cycle. Um, I love aligning things like this with the seasons. So we would call that inner winter and it compares really beautifully because so many of the things that we love in winter, like hibernating, <laughs> food, thick, heavy, uh, iron rich food, um, resting, going inward that all aligns with while you're menstruating, right? We're at our most intuitive, um, are in like, it's a great time to be thinking things through and ruminating on stuff. Mm. So that's menstruation from there. We move into our follicular phase and I, it's difficult. Our follicular phase is definitely one of my favorites because we align so closely with our male counterparts during this time. Our testosterone is on the rise. We have a ton of energy to get all the things done. Typically, this is when being highly productive is very easy. It feels easy. It feels right. Um, This is when we want to be lifting heavy. This is when we push it at the gym. This is when all those things feel good. 
And it's interesting because as I talk to more and more women and menstruators, they're like, okay, yeah, no, I know what you're talking about. I, that's the week that I kill it and everything. Like I get the meal prepping done. I get the kids to all the things on time. I get all the things cleaned up. I get all this taken care of. I get a, and I feel so good. And I'm hitting the gym and everything feels good. Um, it's like I said, it's one of my favorites. This lasts seven to 10 days from there. We ovulate. Ovulation is a shorter window. It's when we're releasing an egg. It's when our testosterone peaks, our libido is at an all-time high. Our face is actually more symmetrical because of the hormone changes taking place. Like ovulation is peak. Like this is a great time to be making content, getting photographed. Like this is my week. That's why I have like 50 podcasts right now. (laughs) Yes. And like on top, it doesn't, it just doesn't hurt. Like, you know what I mean? It's just, it's just like, of course you want to take a picture of me. Look at that. (laughs) Life is great. From there, we go into the luteal phase. And I would say my first, the first bit, half of my luteal phase, I'm still kind of coming down off the high of ovulation. I'm still pretty productive. Life is pretty good. No big deal. About midway through our luteal phase, we have a big hormone crash that takes place. This is when people, this is what we would describe as PMS, Mm -hmm. right? So this big hormone crash, things start to feel hard. Mm-hmm. This is this is what we would call inner autumn, right? So we went through follicular phase was inner spring, bright energy, lovely. Ovulation would be our inner summer, like peak summertime vibes, right? Luteal. So we go through early fall, things are smooth. By by late fall, we're really sick of the dead leaves. Someone needs to get rid of all of them and clean up. We know winter's coming and we're already tired. <laughs> But this is, and this is typically when we see the existential crisis every month too. And I, I love joking about this because this is when you look around and really question all your life decisions and say like, what was I thinking? Why did we have these children? Why did I marry this person? Why am I friends with those people? Why did I decide to go back to school? This was such a bad decision. <laughs> like it's, you question. And I really used to feel like this sucks that we go through that. But the more I've allowed it, the more I've embraced it, the more I have felt like what a beautiful thing to question everything in your life and choose to stay. Oh my gosh. That's the best. Right. Or even Reframe. evaluate all of, all of it, evaluate all of it, and then make some different life choices. Right. Because the great thing about having that existential crisis right before your period is we go straight into our most intuitive time mm-hmm. from there. So we get to sit with the existential crisis we just had and really think through like, okay, I don't hate all my life chases. I'll stay married for another month. <laughs> I'll keep the kids. <laughs> it's so true though, April. And so I yes. really, I love that you're that reframe of it because it's not some months. It's a lot for me. Yep. And then other months it's not. Uh, it's totally. like you, no big whoop. I'll kind of and... sail through and be like, oh, I was a little grouchy, maybe, or a little shorter yeah. than usual, but I was fine. Or in other months, I'm like, or, that was catastrophic. Yes, where I I find myself feeling insecure. And I yes. do not like that feeling of feeling insecure because it's just that icky, like, who am oh, yeah. I? Like, what happened to me? Where did I mm-hmm. go? I don't even want to hang out with myself at that point. And oh, so the reframe myself is like the best way to describe it, too. And it sucks too. Cause I have noticed that like, I almost always have someone I'm irritated. I like pick a new favorite thing or person to be mad at every month. Right. And I always go through it really hard for like two days, but I've just learned. I'm like, I am just going to kind of sit on this. Yes. I know I'm in my luteal phase. If I'm still upset at this person after my luteal phase, then I know that this is legitimate. But if I'm irritated from right now, maybe it's actually time for some inner reflection. Why is this person irritating me? Cause chances are, it might have more to do with me yes. than even with them. It, it, it mm-hmm. forced very brutal self-awareness sometimes, right? Like that's mm-hmm. a hard thing, but that, that self-awareness is so useful. Yeah. And that has saved me. Um, the last yeah. few months is just taking time to just, I don't actually need to talk about this right now. Mm-hmm. Let's just wait. And it is fascinating to me that it can be so heightened and like, yes. it's oh. such a big deal to me. And then mm-hmm. two days later, I'm like, oh, that actually is like, what? 
Right? And then I'm like, am I crazy? What, what just happened? Oh, no. I'm just, just doing my thing. Just heightened. <laughs> that's I, I, and that's been my development of it is A, recognizing it. B, starting to see a pattern with it, mm-hmm. right? Of like, because when once you start journaling, then yep. you start to see these patterns really, really clearly. And it's like, yes. oh, okay. I definitely go through that on day 29 of my cycle, almost every cycle. Sometimes it's 28, sometimes it's 30, but it's yeah. definitely in that window. That window. So yep. If I'm on in that window of time, it's just going to, I'm just going to pause maybe a little bit more than I normally would before I burn someone's house down. Right. I'm going <laughs> to give it a minute, give it a thought. Cause if I'm in follicular and I want to burn someone's house down, I even consider it on a day and be like, no, I'm pretty sure I still want to do it. <laughs> <laughs> We're still going forward. Uh, mine. Okay. And I do think it's, uh, you said this at the retreat, like I keep my, you track it on your fridge so that your family is a yes. part of it, which I'm like, yes. So I have included, I included my former husband in mm-hmm. when I started tracking and I include my boyfriend now of like, Hey, heads Love up. It next week is this, or yeah. no, let's not do a trip then because this is, I'm going to be on my period or I mean, I want to. Yes. Like I want to enjoy the trip as much as I can and yeah. I'm going to be tired. I've had to change hikes and, and retreats yep. and all these things because I know I won't have the energy to show up as totally self. It's, but how wonderful is that? And it's this, because I, like I said, when I start to explain this, people are like, their eyes can kind of start to glaze or they bristle and go like, no, anything you can do, I can do bleeding. We've really been sold this. Right. And I'm like, yes, you absolutely can, but maybe not all of us want to, or have to, there might actually be a better way where we respect and trust our bodies but still go on the trips, maybe just a week later or even mm-hmm. three days later, you know, can we just adjust a little? Cause here's the thing. Like if you're going to go to Hawaii, wouldn't you rather go <laughs> knowing that you're not going to be bleeding the entire time you're there and exhausted? Yeah. It, it yeah. feels like just really good sense. It does not seem like we're overly catering to Cause like I said, there's just, there's ideas around this and you've heard this before. One of my favorite ways to compare this once again, cause I love nature and I think it's, we have so many lessons to learn that if you go outside during the day and you look up at the sky, what do we see? We see the sun. You see the sun and it rises in the East and it sets in the West and it does literally the same thing every single day, 24 hour cycle. So convenient. And we really rely on that sun and we are so grateful for its regularity and how, and this is the male hormone cycle. They're the exact same at 11 AM hormonally every single day, 11 AM. This is why intermittent fasting works amazing for their bodies. This is why working out the exact same every day works amazing for their bodies. Same sleep schedule, same eating, same everything. Their body loves it. That 24 hour cycle, very regimented stuff works great for them. Now, if you go out, during the night and you look up at the sky what do you see the moon maybe phase of a moon maybe (laughs) maybe and it's sometimes she's not there right sometimes she's resting sometimes she's big and full sometimes she's out during the day yeah right so we're the moon no one looks at the moon and goes why can't you just be the sun (laughs) right? Like, and the moon, there's so many important responsibilities that the moon has. And aren't we so grateful that the moon is the moon and the sun is the sun. Just like the moon, we are only hormonally the same 12 to 13 days out of the year. Mm. That's yeah. Reality. But we're being (laughs) held to the sun's standards. And it's once again, it's not that the sun is better than the moon or the moon is better than the sun or that they're competing with each other. Actually, they're good friends, right? Yeah. It's just that they're different. They're not the same thing. And it's okay to acknowledge that and like live differently depending on whether you are one or the other. And that's all I'm trying to help people do. And one example I love using, because I think it's really universal is cleaning out the garage. Yes. Please share this. (laughs) (laughs) So what, what I see happening when I, when I, take on coaching clients and they're just starting into this because a lot of people be like, I don't think my energy shifts at all. And it's, that's not a thing. And I'm like, are you 
investing in like resting and stuff when you're in your luteal phase of menstruation? No, I don't have time. Okay, well then don't expect an energy increase when you're in your follicular phase. That makes sense. <laughs> burn through. But here's what I see. So like, like let's say, uh, you know, we go outside, we look at our garage and it is a disaster and we are in our luteal phase. So we are pissed about it, right? We're furious. <laughs> our partner has let this go to such, such lengths. It is a disaster out there. We cannot stand it. Something must be done. Now, old wisdom would be, <laughs> or current day wisdom actually would be, I'm going to get started on this project in a rage cleaning fit. Even yeah. though I am very tired, I am so angry right now. I'm going to start rage cleaning the garage. We pull everything out of the garage. We kind of start to reorganize stuff. We end up getting super, super exhausted because we've been rage cleaning for two days and we just started our period and it takes us out. We get a migraine. We're so tired. The garage is still somehow a disaster, but now it's been half cleaned and you're furious, right? And your partner's definitely the bad guy in all of this because they should have taken care of this in the first place. So disaster. What I would suggest instead yes, please. is we go outside, we notice in our luteal phase that the garage is a disaster and something needs to be done. We also know that our period is coming in like two days. And so we know that if we try to start rage cleaning the garage right now in this fit of rage, not only is, are we going to be real mad at our partner through the whole thing, we're also going to wear out really easy. And we haven't really thought about maybe where stuff should go and how it should look and how it would flow better because we're just in a rage. Yeah. So we instead sit with our rage, right? We, we take it, maybe we do some angry dishes just to, you know, let off some steam and we start drawing a map of the garage. Um, and I, I love this because knowing that we're going into our intuitive menstrual cycle phase, like our menstrual phase, we go, okay, I'm going to be most intuitive here in about two days. So I'm going to sit on this and I'm going to think about it. I'm going to talk to my partner about it. And I'm going to say, what if we put shelves up over there and you know what? We've been meaning to paint that part. So maybe we should paint that. What if you got all the stuff off the shelves and painted while I'm bleeding and then I'm going to help you come reorganize it because I have now drawn a map of how I think things should be laid out. And then we bleed, we get to our follicular phase where we get all this lovely energy, right? And we go out and we kill that garage <laughs> in like a day. And we get it organized exactly how we want it. We get everything put back how it's supposed to be. We have rethought problem areas that have been problem areas for years. And we put things back in a way more practical way. And we're really happy. And we worked together with our partner on it. We did not overexhaust ourselves during a phase where we just didn't want to. We worked with the energy of our cycle. And we actually ended up getting more done in a shorter amount of time than if we had pushed through with an anything you can do, I can do bleeding attitude. Yeah. That's the difference. That's how I built the vagina blog. This is how I got through college. Like I rest my luteal phase, that tail end of my luteal phase, anything I can say no to, I say no to, I I push it all off until my follicular phase, knowing that if I invest in the rest, and this is where that trust comes Mm -hmm. in. And it's so hard. If I can just trust myself and my body and I invest in this rest, I know that when that follicular phase energy hits 12 hour days are not a big deal. Yeah. It feels good to work that much. I want to, I want to push. Why not work with that? Mm-hmm. Instead okay. of it just being a pleasant surprise. <laughs> <laughs> why do I feel so good? Why not plan on it? Because mm-hmm. it is so magical to do the majority of my work in a week and a half of the month, spend the second half tying all of the rest of that up and then taking a couple of days and taking it easy. Mm-hmm. And everyone loves to, well, that sounds nice for you, but, and I'm like, Oh, don't even don't no, no, no. I work full time. I have three kids and I go to school full time. I get it. I get it. You can't say no to everything on your period. You can't, we don't, we live, we still live in the United States, right? Yes. yes. <laughs> but I would challenge you to try and say no to everything that you can say no to during that time. And that's the difference. It is Mm -hmm. easy to say, oh, actually, what if we went on vacation a week later? Mm -hmm. What if we did this? What if we, and I I guarantee even if your family's like, well, that's the family reunion. Okay, cool. Do you really want to deal with me bleeding? (laughs) Can we pop a week? Well, and I think that takes me to 
two things over functioning, which I have been fantastic at most of my life. Um, I'm raising that, like everyone take care of everyone else. Yep. And, and it's such a, it's a hard thing to get rid of because it serves so many people. Oh, it does. (laughs) It is American as can be. We love products. So good. And then I partner with people who are super under-functioning or, you know, my people around me. And so I'm like, yep. ah, it's, so I do that rage, you know, yep. I can very much relate to that whole scenario. Um, so to step back from that and to start saying no, or to let them do the dishes and let them make the meals and, and not feel guilt and to yep. like, it is a whole new world. And it's also beautiful. I have an entire podcast about that with, uh, Dr. Jennifer Finlayson Fife on overfunctioning and underfunctioning. Love so go her. listen to that. Um, yes. The other thing it makes me think of is I get FOMO. So yes. during that little window when I'm needing to rest, m- my friends, my my boyfriend, they still go do stuff, and and I don't feel like me a hundred percent. Like I said, I sometimes I get insecure, and so mm-hmm. it's interesting because my real life example is we like to roller skate, my boyfriend and I. Yeah, and sometimes on the week, well, a lot of times on the weekends, we go to the the adult night skates, and we went. Uh, it, this was months and months ago. We went on this night, and I hadn't started bleeding, but I was. It was the right before. So I, I knew I was insecure, but I have FOMO. I don't want to, I want to go. Yeah. So I'm going to go and guess how I felt it. it, I, I lasted about 20 minutes. I got off the floor and I said, I'm so sorry. I'm going to go home. Yep. And he was like, what, what happened? What did I do? And I was like, no, like I want to be here so much, but I, I don't feel good. I don't. Like I didn't, I wasn't having fun and, and it was so hard for me to choose that and to leave. Yeah. And then I just went home and took a bath and like, he's having fun without me and blah, 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 blah. Um, and now I know, okay, well, I'm for sure going when I feel my best. And, and he will say like, you are a different skater when we go these weeks and when we go that week. Yep. I'm confident. I'm like, look at me. I will perform and dance. And then the other totally. week, like, don't look at me. Everyone leave me alone. <laughs> well, even my friends that lift, it is interesting because, and it, this depends on the person. And this is why you got to, yeah. you have to get to your own cycle. A lot of them, it's that very end of luteal phase where they, they can't, they just can't lift, but, and it depends for me, first day bleeding, I am not going to the gym it's just going to hurt. It's not really going to serve me. I'm going to end up bleeding way heavier. Um, but I do have some friends that lift. They're like, no, once I start bleeding, I feel amazing and I'm ready to go. And I totally can go lift again. Right. Right. As soon as they start, but it's that right before that they're like, that's when it just, it doesn't, it hurts. Yeah. Or I'm not as strong. Like I'm the same all the time. And then I'm like, why can't I lift this? Oh, why can't I I do these things? Yeah. And it just, it feels and I don't even necessarily mean physically hurts. It just hurts. It is harder. Everything yeah. is harder. I feel like I'm carrying so much more weight just on myself alone. Mm. And then to go try and lift weights, it just, all of like, it what feels are we doing? hard. And it's weird that one week later, I'm like, let's lift heavier. <laughs> and all of a sudden you're upping your weight. <laughs> yes. And I feel amazing. And I'm like working with it. So so that's another thing. I'm like, you, you can't know this about yourself unless you start tracking and journaling and paying attention and getting yeah. intentional about the decisions that you're making around that stuff. Um, and it, I like that you say that it is different because it really is. Um, yeah. and that's why now I used to be very rigid in how I worked out and I was going to yes. follow a calendar and do what mm-hmm. they said. And I really wake up in the morning and I have lots of options of what I can do. And it's like, what does my body want today? Sometimes it's just stretching. Sometimes it's a bar or riding a bike or skate. It's a lot of things. I'll go hiking and skating and work out one day. I can't do that some weeks. Totally. And that's something else. Cause we were like, well, I'm not just going to not go to the gym for a week. And I'm like, oh, I'm not even suggesting that. I'm just saying maybe you're swimming that day. Yeah. Maybe you're walking that day. Maybe you're, you know, like something to yoga that day, you know, maybe that's yoga week. And I loved, can I just tell you, so Huberman, do you follow Huberman lab or any of this no. stuff? 
He's I need to. Favorite. I have a giant crush on him. He does it. His whole podcast is a lot of the neuroscience behind why we are the way that we are, basically. Oh, okay. So he had someone who also, I believe, teaches at Stanford, if I remember right, who is an expert kind of in the exercise science realm, um, come and do a six week series with him. It is some of the best information I've ever consumed. Okay. This man trains a lot of professional athletes. He has them work out seasonally. Mm-hmm. So the way that he has them set up on a year season and schedule is like, we're going to cater to what's going on in the winter and you're going to do workouts that, so he has them like doing a lot of gym work in the winters when we want to be inside anyway, doing a lot of outside work in the summers when we want to be out and spring or spring and fall. When we want to be outside anyway, summer, he has more water stuff. We you know, like, so he has an entire year mapped out for the seasons. And I was like, if menstruators used this, but in their own Mm. monthly cycle how much happier would we all be yeah you know it, but and once again because we're not taught this because we haven't normalized this because we're not using because that's the other problem on most of the exercise science guess what it's been tested on men <laughs> i'll give you a hint it's not female bodies <laughs> oh and so it's a shift it's a shift it takes effort it takes intention I would never recommend trying to do everything all at once with this either. Pick one category of your body and go, how could I do this more cyclically that would cater better to me and my body and my cycle? Let's, let's, let's shift one thing and then, you know, keep working from there. Cause that's even me, like there are areas in my life where I'm like, Oh, I really could do better. I really could do better making that more cyclical on my mm-hmm. cycle instead of just powering through all the time, you know? So, and I, I'm a big fan. So the class I came and taught at your retreat too is called, I call it rites and rituals. I really love teaching people how to make rituals out of their menstrual cycle. Ritual is so important. And I, it's hard. I feel like it's losing some of its value. And I really want to bring that more. I want to bring that back. I want to bring that, you know, into our, our lives more. And your menstrual cycle is such a beautiful way to do that. Um, I highly recommend choosing a ritual to go with each phase of your cycle that helps celebrate that phase, um, helps bring awareness to that phase. Um, and so for example, for when I'm menstruating, like when I'm actively bleeding, one of my most favorites is deciding something that I'm ready to let go of. Hmm. And if I'm really feeling up to it, we'll do a fire and we'll write it down and we'll throw it in the fire and I'll have my kids do the same thing. And my husband and we'll write down what we want to let go of and we'll throw it in the fire. And it's like this really cool ritual, but even if it's just me and it's something simple, what do I want to let go of this cycle? What's something that I've just been up against that I'm just really done dealing with that I don't want to anymore. Cause really this act of bleeding, this act of releasing, like we can work with that energy in other areas if we give intention to it. Mm-hmm. So, and then follicular phase, this is when we want to try new things, right? So every follicular phase, my friend, the beginning of the year, she writes down 12 restaurants she wants to try over the course of the next year. Every follicular phase, she picks one out of a jar and goes, okay, hey, we're going to this restaurant. That's fun. I like that. Oh, I love it. I love it. I've had other people do that with recipes, with different fruits they've wanted to try, with different places. That, there's so many things you could do this, but novelty and trying new things, you're going to be way more excited to do that in your follicular phase than in the two days before you're bleeding where you're like, I don't want anyone. I hate, I hate everything. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, ovulation is such a beautiful time to lean into pleasure whether that's like whatever pleasure, right? It doesn't necessarily even have to be sexual pleasure. It can be all the pleasurable things. It's going to be magnified. We're going to love it that much more. And it's so fun to play with like, okay, what, how could I intentionally magnify pleasure in my life during this little phase of my cycle? Luteal phase is our inner fall. One of my most favorites is go out and actually sit and watch an entire sunset. Mm. Just take a minute and watch the sunset because that's what's happening within you, right? That's what's going on with your menstrual cycle. It's the end. Things are coming to a close this cycle. It's a time to reflect. What did I accomplish this month? Did I let go of the thing that I wanted to let go of at the beginning of this cycle? Did I accomplish maybe some goals I had for myself? What goals do I maybe want to have? Because we really do start on our intuitive journey, our luteal phase. I feel like it peaks when we're menstruating. Yeah. It was so funny. My friend decided she wanted to go do ayahuasca. Mm -hmm. 
she went with some other female friends and like their spouses went down to, I believe Peru mm-hmm. and got there. And one of her friends was on her period. And the shaman said, Oh, you can't do ayahuasca. Mm-hmm. Cause they asked them ahead of time. And she was like, so furious thinking that yeah. this is some horrible, terrible patriarchal. And like the shaman was like, no, <laughs> no, you're already an Oracle right now. Your portal is open. Why in the world would you double up on that with drugs? You're already there. You actually don't need ayahuasca right now. And she was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> I love this. Yeah. And I was like, that is so foreign to Western women because we have not been respected and we do not consider ourselves oracles while we menstruate. We do not realize that we are like wide open and intuitive during this time. So much so we do not need psychedelic drugs. If you spend the time meditating, if you spend the time getting into yourself, you're already there. Yeah. I love that. And and it really is to me, that is more reframing of something that we have just almost demonized the in within us. We lost, we lost it. We lost it. Um, I, I want to make sure you touch on the coming home, the homecoming, because I know that the women, when they heard, I mean, all of this, but when they heard that it was like, it was beautiful. Yeah. And, and this stems from it. When I say we lost it, it's because when I tell people this and we, we talk about this and we learn about this, it doesn't feel like new knowledge. Mm-hmm. It feels like a reclamation. Like, and just like I did at your retreat, I'm getting emotional about it because mm-hmm. it is a homecoming. We live in these, these bodies of ours, these homes, right. That are going through this cycle every single month. And it is devastating to me that we were taught to be ashamed of this, embarrassed of this. Um, and it's sad to me that you have to go all the way to Peru and have a shaman explain to you that you are so secret and you are already an oracle and you are already a wide open portal to the divine when you're menstruating. And that's why they won't let you take ayahuasca. Like, it's so sad. And it's so sad that like, as Western women, she was just like so offended initially until she was like, Oh, Oh. (laughs) you deeply respect what I'm going through. That's foreign to me. Yeah. It's heartbreaking. Yeah. So choosing to take back our bodies and reclaim and say, remember, yeah, the remembering, the reclaiming and saying, I'm going to start acknowledging, tracking and embracing. And I'm guessing some reframing me included. Um, I think it's a beautiful thing that we can all embrace and, and, and can I just say to the, to the partners, the men out there, the dads, whoever, can we stop shaming and blaming hormonal shifts on, of course, we want to show up as our best and regulated selves. And that is a responsibility And the better we get at being cyclical and understanding ourselves, the better we'll get at that. However, I do not like, I want to punch people in the face when they say, are you PMSing or are they like, is this hormones or it is different when it's that reminder of like, Hey, have you checked in on your calendar? Have you checked in like for women, friends, and, and even my partners saying, Hey, could this be that it's just that gentle reminder is different than a shaming reminder. Oh, there's so much difference in the language. And also, yes, I am hormonal. <laughs> that is exactly what's going on. It doesn't mean anything's wrong with me. Yeah. It doesn't mean that I'm weak. It doesn't, it doesn't mean anything other than that. I'm a female body and not a male body. If you want to <laughs> be with a male body, you married the wrong person. <laughs> And I let my husband will like put a blanket over his head and just be like, are you making luteal right now? Be gentle. Ask he, gentle. He's a very, very gentle soul where he's just like, this seems out of character for you. Um, where are you in your cycle? <laughs> 
Oh, but I kind of love it. I've loved watching my boyfriend just mm-hmm. shift into that like gentle totally the gentleness of understanding and accepting and also like here's some space if you'd like some space also yeah. I might want some space so totally there's nothing <laughs> wrong with all these I I joke all the time I'm like I want to bring back the red tent I know I now like tell them what that is with other women who are also oracles at the same time I feel like we could probably solve the world's problems yes. and not deal with all this garbage <laughs> Oh, I love this. Okay. April, is there a book that you would recommend for women or um, so many? you have, you have a journal, right? Like there's yes. so many things people can start with and, and just for say, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to do this. So Cute. this is my journal. I'm completely obsessed with it. It's fantastic. So it basically every single day of your cycle, you can write down where your cycle of day is, like where you're at. Um, if you want to, you can track and see where the moon is at and see where you're aligning with the moon. You have like tracking. If you want to track your temps, your cervical mucus, whether or not you're bleeding, you can do that. Um, I've got like calendar dates, things like this. So I love pairing this with a gratitude practice and a goals practice. I think I wanted to make this as practical as possible while also really diving deep into cyclical living because I set different goals depending on where I'm at in my cycle, right? Like I, I'm going to be doing things a little bit differently. I'm going to be looking forward. I'm going to be looking back. I'm going to be seeing present moment. Where am I at? What can I accomplish right now during this phase? Um, I have a spot for like, where's my libido at? Have I had intercourse? If I want to track inter- intercourse, where's my energy and stress level? Um, exercise, meds, appetite, symptoms. The thing that's really cool about this too, if you start tracking, I started tracking um, years ago and um, paying close attention. I got really into this and I was like, this is fascinating. I started to notice a couple really interesting patterns and I was like, I have PCOS. (laughs) I went into my midwife. She looked at my charting. We looked at my ovaries and she was like, you have PCOS. Mm. I could have spent easily another five years going back and forth, trying to decide, looking at this, this, and this. Um, Cause if you go in and they go, how long is your cycle? I don't know. That was me years ago for sure. You know, what's going on with this? I don't know. Are you having migraines? Yeah. How often? I don't know. <laughs> a lot. <laughs> you know, like that's a very different thing from how long's your cycle? Well, it's 36 days and that seems long. Can you tell you're ovulating? Yeah. And it's late and my temperature's not shifting. So I'm not ovulating every month. Okay. Mm-hmm. So you have 36 day long cycles and you have a ovulatory cycles regularly. Yep. Well, that sounds like PCOS. Let's look at, let's do an ultrasound. Oh, yep. It is. Yeah. So it's, it's a big, there's a huge difference in terms of when you're the expert in your own body, you can pull your medical provider in as a member on your team. When you go in clueless about all of this in your own body, you are at their mercy. And you might have a fantastic provider that catches stuff and you might not. And it Mm -hmm. sucks that it's that way, but that's the reality. Yeah. All this is, is data and data that All we can. Is... <laughs> well, I love, so my good friend, she owns the agenda period. And if you want an app, that's going to do the same thing that that journal does. Her app is incredible. I love it because same thing. You can say, I'm in my follicular phase and here's my list of goals. And it will say, okay, these ones make sense for your follicular phase. Let's oh, bump wow. these ones over to your luteal phase. And let's do these goals while you're menstruating. Like you can sort all of your priorities out for which phase you're in. She has education on there. (laughs) She's so good. But I was talking to her and she's like, I just know that on day, like, I don't remember what it was, we'll say 17, I get a migraine. She's like, and after six months of tracking it and getting a migraine on day 17, I can reliably tell you, I'm probably going to get a migraine on day 17 of my cycle. She doesn't plan stuff for day 17 of her cycle. Yeah. I love that. And we wouldn't know that if we weren't keeping track and, and using the data. So yeah. ooh, I want you guys to start. I want, I want this for everyone. I know you I definitely do. 
And um, April will be at my uh, next retreat in November as well. And uh, she stays a little longer and we talk about sex. And it's so (laughs) funny because there's definitely a lot of questions, but it's so scary to ask them. So April sets it it up and it's a safe space and so much fun. So April, where can they find you? Um, And I know you mentioned that you do you do speaking and educational events type of thing. So say a little bit more about that. Okay. So I am over at the vaginablog.com. I really, honestly, I live on Instagram. That's going to be your best place to find the most information. Um, and so that's the vagina blog. I also have a podcast with a ton of really great information and more resources and things like that. And I have interviewed everything from diabetes educators to OBGYNs, to plastic surgeons, to other people who live in cyclical living and are even more educated about this than I am. Right. Mm -hmm. And sex therapists. And I mean, we really, I've got a good run. (laughs) (laughs) Been a good time. So yeah, check out the podcast. And, um, I, this fall will be starting taking, um, coaching clients for, so if you're like, this is interesting to me, but I want someone to hold my hand and teach me more mm-hmm. about how to do this and really take a good look at my menstrual cycle. And like, that's something that I'm starting to do more one-on-one. I'm hoping to set up a group uh, program sometime in the near future as well. Cool. So be looking for that. And yeah. And if you're interested in working with me, let, let me know. And then I've got the journal. I feel like the journal is so nice. I wrote the intro so that you know how to do everything and then you can just run with it. Cool. All right. Well, I appreciate you and I always enjoy uh, you making light of this thing that we've created such heaviness around. So light, but education, I don't mean that. That's lightly, the goal, but... right? I just want to say it fun, but real. Like, yes. Yes. So thank you. Thank you. And, um, share this podcast with the people in your life because all humans need Everyone this information. Needs to know. Yes. <laughs> all right. Thank you, April. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks for being here with me today, whether I was with you doing your dishes while you got ready or driving in your car. If you found a nugget in this episode, please take 30 seconds. You can click on the link below in the show notes and leave me a quick review over on iTunes, or you can share on social media or shoot me an email.